Board Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the bank has asked for a Zion lately, man. The guy's averaging 31, 7.75 over his last 11 games. He's just been a monster. He's going for that play-in game. I mean, he wants it. Matt, what was it, a couple of weeks ago when I was saying that I wanted 60 out of Zion? I mean, he's been putting up more numbers, but he still hasn't hit that big, big I'm waiting for. Man, he hasn't hit 60 yet, but he's come like 40, 38, 39. The guy's putting in the work, man. That team's coming for it, especially with Brandon Ingram. But I don't know if they if they're deep enough. But we can talk about that later, man. The West is a wild place, Matt. I did hit on Utah getting to 40. I'm quite proud of that. It was the easiest uh, take I think I've made through this entire pod. Um, happy for them. I don't think any other team has hit 40 yet, so uh, they're hitting... Very happy up there. Phoenix Suns are at 39, so they're close. Yeah, so are uh, the Clips, but that's just tight. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, man, at least you're better than me because 0-5 didn't happen. 2-3, but that's Raptors chat later. I was just trying to get Cade, buddy. I want Cade. Matt, we just as easily could have gone 0-5. I mean, that Cavs game was good. Spurs probably were this close to beating us, so you almost had it, but hey. We were on the, the other side of it. The three losses, two wins. I'll take that in our quest for Cade. Oh, man. I'm I'm really nervous that we're going to actually end up in the play-in game, and that's just not going to be a good thing. Not at all. Matt, we're going to play the Nets in the first round, but I don't want to get into that. Talk to me about hockey, my dude. Man, uh, COVID still kind of big this week. You know, Vancouver uh, just starting to get back. They're going to play on Friday. JT Miller actually came out and he said that he's not even comfortable playing because of the the feeling of being rushed back wow. into it in the condensed schedule. Um, but we got a ton of guys on the list. You know, Yaroslav Halak in Boston, Bowen Byram uh, and Philip Grubauer in Colorado, Dmitry Kulikov, who was traded to Edmonton, um, Eric Gustafson and John Merrill traded to Montreal, so different reasons. Uh, Philly, Jackson Cates, who I believe is an NCAA player. But he should be able to play right away in in the United States. You know, they don't got that quarantine rule like Canada. And uh, Toronto's got Nick Foligno, Ben Hutton, who were both traded for. Riley Nash, Nick Robertson, and William Nylander. Uh, Vancouver, they got the seven. Uh, Jalen Chatfield, Alex Edler, J.C. Howardchuck, Niels Hoaglander, uh, Zach McEwen, and Nate Schmidt, and Jake Vertanen. But just wild, man. Man, I, I knew the NBA was on fire with COVID, but that's a lot of names, dude. So many names. I mean, like I said, there are about five or six that were going through that quarantine process coming up to Canada. But because you know what? Trade deadline happened on Monday, buddy. It was a wild trade line from what I was hearing. Yeah. I mean, it was the like they're using more teams now, which is kind of cool. Like teams are using their cap space in this new kind of world where the cap's going to be flat with covid um like detroit really fleeced washington anthony mantha who produces to a similar rate on as jacob Verano. granted he jacob Verano plays on a better team as compared to anthony mantha but they got out of the richard panic contract washington did but it cost them a first and a second round pick that is a lot of assets wild man it's crazy because when you think about it man the biggest fish on the market, Taylor Hall, he only got a second round pick and Andres Bjork, a career Oof. AHL player. And they also had to give up Curtis Lazar. I mean, it was so 
bad. He's you're you're giving up a guy who yes, he's not been great and your team's poor. I guess you had to get some assets for him, but 58 582 points in 664 games when a guy like Nick Felina who has 482 points in 949 games got a first round pick and two fourths. Like what's going on, man? Buffalo. I was Buffalo. just wondering is it is it Buffalo? Is it the Bruins making a great play? And was it just nobody else had the right offer? Because you think Hall would have gone for more. Man, apparently they had a bigger offer. But Hall really wanted to go to Boston, see if he could win a cup. I see. Buffalo was nice enough to do it. But, I mean, like, again, Toronto gave up a first and two fourth-round picks for a guy, Stefan Nosen, who's got 54 points in 204 career games to, uh, to this point at 28 years old, for, and Nick Foligno. Like, they gave up a lot to get that player comparatively to Hall. Is, is Toronto all in now, Matt? Is it going to happen? What's your thoughts on that? Dude, they are definitely all in. Um, Austin Matthews is crazy good. So is uh, Mitch Marner. They're still playing without William Nylander. So well, when he comes back and Nick Foligno comes back, they'll probably tear through that North Division. I'm pretty sad about it, but let's be honest. It's Toronto, Matt. It's Toronto. Anything can happen, right? As much as all of the bullets can be in the chamber, they might still miss on every single one. So time will tell. Hey, man. My Montreal Canadiens did get the win against them this past week. Um, that's really all they were doing because they been pretty, <laughs> pretty bad lately. Ouch. Big deal. They did get uh, in on the fringe defenseman in the trade deadline. They brought in this guy, John Merrill, for a fifth-round pick in Hayden Verbeek, who's kind of like a C-level prospect at this point. I'm not too excited about Merrill. He's got some decent speed, but he's not an elite skater and doesn't have a great point track record. They've also got Eric Gustafson for a seventh-round pick. He's more of a lottery pick here. He's have 129 points in 245 games. He had a 60-point season with Chicago um, in 79 games back in 2018-19. So could pan out. Maybe not. He plays a risky style, so we'll see what Montreal does, man. They're in a they're in an interesting place right now, Matt. That North Division, right, with those three teams up top. You know, points wise, Montreal isn't too far behind, but it's starting to get there, right, at the end of the season. Yeah, man. Especially with the games in hand that could go poorly, they've got Calgary chasing them, and Calgary's owned them this season at one and four against them. So. I'm nervous for my Montreal Canadiens. I really want to see them in the playoffs. Um, I would assume that they would lose to the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round, but crazier things have happened, like you said. You know, not <laughs> exactly. <on> <laughs> but, man, hockey's just uh, kind of chugging along, pushing, pushing those Vancouver Canucks back to playing. But, I mean, what else do you want them to do? They could extend the season. That's the one thing. There's a lot of options, I'm sure, but, you know, that's definitely something that nobody really wants to do at the end of the day, but the Canucks, they've just missed so much play at this point. Yeah, man, and they've got to get back. There was a, a ton of fringe trade trades uh, this past Monday that I don't necessarily need to get into. Do you want to jump to the hardwood, man? Because it was a pretty great week of ball. I mean, there was a lot going on, and Matt, the opposite of the NHL. This is the first time, at least that I can remember, that we've had zero cases of COVID in the NBA. Now, 
Obviously, there was the Nets and Wolves game that was postponed on Monday due to the shooting and the riots that were happening in Minnesota, America. Figure seriously, like I don't even want to get into it, Matt, because like we're just we're we're doing the same thing over and over. We're having the same conversation, and nothing's changing apparently. So, what do we do, right? Yeah, man. I think uh, they need to raise the standard on police for sure, because being a high school graduate and being able to become a cop, that shouldn't be acceptable. These guys need proper training and education. Um, glad that there was no COVID in in the NBA universe, but uh, sad to see a game postponed because of stupidity. So Yeah, yeah. Great of the organizations, you know, to do that. I remember we had a conversation last week, I think it was, about uh, an NHL game, the Oilers, I think it was, that played a game right after they had to go through a memorial service and their head just, like, wasn't in the right game, so. Colby you know. Cave, yeah. Yeah, there you go, exactly. So, I mean, on the one hand, unfortunate to postpone a game. On the other hand, you know, hands hands off, hats off to everybody in the organizations around that made that decision because, you know, nobody was in the right mindset on that night. Yeah, man. It's, it's just sad to see. All right, rolling into injuries, we'll start with the smaller things. I do actually want to mention, Matt, before we actually talk about injuries, I want to bring up Jason Tatum again, who is still continuing to struggle with his COVID, you know, after effects, right? He, he just came out and said that he's been using an inhaler now, like, extensively. So just continuing to say that it's crazy how everyone gets affected differently. And, you know, the recovery period is not two weeks. The recovery period is much longer, depending on how you're affected. Man, that's wild that he's coming out and saying that. That's uh, pretty scary stuff. Uh, he must he must be feeling all right, though, because he did drop a 53-point game this week with uh, 10 rebounds against Minnesota. So not too shabby for a guy who's got to use the inhaler on a consistent basis. Hey, man, 53 points. That's, that's pretty good for him right there. But, yeah, I want to bring that up. Okay, so let's talk about these real injuries. James Wiseman has a torn meniscus, a big blow to a rookie season, a big blow to the Warriors who were making their way up the standings, you know, looking like they were going to compete in the West. Thoughts, Matt, on uh, his injury? Oh, man, it's tough for Golden State, especially because they were pushing for that playoff spot, man. I mean, they're definitely going to be in the play-in game. Steph Curry looks pretty unstoppable right now. Uh, yeah, James Wiseman's a tough one. He was having a, a pretty solid rookie season and just hate to see that happen to a kid like that. Yeah, I'd say he was like quietly having a pretty good season considering, you know, being up there in draft picks. He was fitting in well with the system. You know, obviously there's rumors about trades and what this or that could happen, but it's going to be a big blow for Curry. Yeah, because he has been having a tear of the past little while. So it'll be interesting to see how the Warriors bounce back from that. Yeah, man, um, they're going to lose one of their best bigs uh, with a true shooting percentage of 5.52, five, um, averaging almost 12 and 6, like not amazing for a big man, but he's doing it in the 21 minutes a game that he gets. So well, that's it. He was doing his job. Exactly. That, in that team. And that's what you all you can ask of players, right? Especially in their rookie seasons to come in. You know, obviously he's a high draft pick, so, you know, he's supposed to come in and be ready to be an NBA player, but... You know, to join an organization like Golden State, you know, to be that next part of what should be the dynasty of Steph and Clay and Draymond and yada, yada, yada. So he's been doing really well, and hopefully he can come out on the other side of this and still be positive. But Matt, I want to ask you a question because it's been 
you know, circling around. I know a lot of, um, you know, team uh, medical staffs have been coming out and wondering these type of things, but there's a lot of questions on if the compressed schedule of the season is causing more injuries because there has been a significant number of small injuries, major injuries, season-ending injuries this season, and a lot of people have this on their mind. Well, I would definitely say that it contributes to the fact that a lot of players are getting hurt, man. I mean, they normally play, what, 82 games across um, like eight months, and they're doing 72 in six. So they only got rid of 10 games, but two months of the schedule. That's wild. It's, it's not even just the games themselves. It's all of the cool-down period, right? It's the, it's the staff members having the opportunities and the abilities to interact with the players consistently and make sure they're all on the right page. And not only with the compressed schedule, but we have you know COVID complications and the limitations of what people are able to do, right? Like We're talking about teams that are so used to having you know these staff members have a space that they work in and players come in and out whenever they want. And now it's like, one staff member, one player in a room, you know, like they are limited on what they can do. So I wouldn't be surprised if everything is kind of coming together and causing these upgrades and injuries. Fantastic point, man. The training staff, the medical staff, they're all limited in what they can, what they can provide. So COVID's not only taking a toll on the compressed schedule, on the ability to treat and massage and, and apply the right, right kind of regiment and physical therapy. 100% Kevin it's it's a lot of things Matt and unfortunately now we have to talk about the big injury of the week Jamal Murray and his confirmed torn ACL Matt I watched it I was watching that game and I watched his knee kind of like shake and like wiggle as he went up and it looked painful and I felt real bad for the guy in the moment oh man Denver eight and two in their last ten pushing up that Western Conference standings now in fourth. Um, They kind of maybe rushed him back a little bit after a a poor game against Boston the night before. He didn't look ready in the replays that I watched, man. And uh, that's sad to see because he was having a decent game for a guy with a, a bum knee. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and that's it's the opposite, right? It's his. It was his right knee he was having troubles in. No, no, it was his left knee he was having troubles in, and then his right ACL tear. I can't remember. I have to look at it again. But it's it's a shame. And the Nuggets were on a tear, right? Ever since the Aaron Gordon trade. I mean, you said it yourself, eight and two. Like they they were destroying. They were figuring things out. That guy, Aaron Gordon, was having more fun than I think anyone has ever seen him playing basketball. You know, in the past few years and. It's going to be really interesting to see how this team bounces back now because on the one hand, right, Jamal Murray is a massive piece and they could completely, I don't want to say fall from grace, but not be in the you know potential Western Conference contenders that we were expecting them to be. Unless, of course, a Michael Porter Jr. can step up, an Aaron Gordon can come in and say, you know what, I can score more points. Like a Will Barton can come in and do the shooting load. Like there are options. But Denver's really got to figure out because it is a massive hole that they are trying to fill now. Yeah, man, they're they're missing their second leading scorer. They're missing a guy who can go off for 50 on a given night. And when one knee's hurting, the other one's trying to overcompensate and maybe he just put a little bit too much pressure on it. I don't know. I feel bad for the guy because um, you hate to see a Canadian go down like that, man, especially on a great team when you've got the MVP candidate, top candidate in – the Joker. I'm kind of hoping that 
Joker just decides that uh, it's his MVP season to win and Jamal goes down, but he's just going to, you know, pick up the load. But time will tell. The other side of it, Matt, that I hadn't thought about initially is how this affects Team Canada, right, going into this summer because Jamal Murray was going to be a big piece for Nick Nurse in that squad. Massive piece, man. Um, We've got some good Canadian players and we might talk about them in the games of the week, you know um hopefully they can they can step it up but yeah you're right he's a massive piece that we're gonna miss because he's an nba all-star for sure but the yoker man quietly 26 9 and 11 oh the guy's amazing you know he's just amazing man what is he gonna be the first center in nba history to average a triple double like wild he's so good I said it at the beginning of the season. He was my wild card MVP. I should have voted all the way for him. Like, I wanted it to happen. Like, he's doing so good on a squad that came into this season with expectations. They really did, Matt. After the playoffs, you know, after what happened last season, they came in and was like, okay, okay, Nuggets, what are you going to do this season? And Joker was like, I'm the best center in the NBA. Watch me do this, right? So it's been fantastic to watch, and I hope the best for them. Yeah, man. Um, question though, would you? Oh, yeah, I'd take the Joker over Zion right now. Maybe not right now, the way that he's playing the last eleven games, but throughout the season for sure. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. love Zion, but the the IQ, the knowledge, the experience, right? Like, Joker's just a different animal, man. In his own world, doing his own thing, like defying expectations and odds. No, we'll man, see, you're, right? You're no, you're right. I think uh, Zion's definitely got the more potential. Like he's gonna take over in the next few years, but right now it's Joker season. So they're players you just can't really compare at the end of the day. But Matt, before we talk about these games next week, I do want to discuss Lamarcus Aldridge. He recently came out. I think it was yesterday or this morning. Uh, very shock retirement for everybody. Um, it's been said that he has an irregular heartbeat. Um, for many people that don't know, that's extremely terrifying because at any point in time, your heart may just decide to stop beating. So it'll be sad to see his career ended the way that it was. And, you know, there was all of the hopes that he was going to join this team and be a big part. And now he gets to go home and relax and hopefully get to sit on the beaches for the rest of his life. So, uh, you know, congratulations on your retirement. But we'll sad to see you yeah. go. Yeah. Man, definitely sad to see him go. Uh, quite the basketball player he was, and uh, it's just tough to see a guy like that go out. But I didn't necessarily want to see Brooklyn win anyways, and now <laughs> yeah. this kind of wrecks their chances a little bit more. I think they're going to be an easy second-round exit for a team, the Clippers of last Ooh. year. That's an, Man, it's you can't not play together for a full season and just come in and win an NBA championship. you got to know each other. Um, we'll see what happens, but sucks to see a guy go out like that, especially one with such an esteemed career. Definitely. You know, I, I was hoping that he'd have that nice opportunity to go chase another ring potentially, but Hey, at the end of the day, he joined a team that had firepower already and they're, they're going to miss him, but they're not going to extremely miss him. Matt, your earlier comment about a team not playing together and winning a championship. I agree with you completely. The only thing about that is you've got James Harden. And Kevin Durant on that team. Two players that love defying expectations. So, 
as much as I agree with you, if anyone could potentially pull that off, might be those two. Gotta be on the court together, buddy. Gotta be on the court. <laughs> Very right. true. Okay. Take me, Matt. Take me to these games that we got to see last week. Man, we had a wild week in the NBA. I already mentioned, you know, Jason Tatum popping off for 53 against Minnesota. We also had LA on the first Thursday night, you know, the nights we record, over Phoenix, 113 to 103. It was a pretty wild game where Phoenix couldn't really get anything off um, in the paint. Clippers were were actually were allowing them to get everything off in the paint. Sorry, excuse me. Um, but the Clippers just beat them in transition, man. They got six steals and they turned them into uh, 26 points versus six steals and 12 for Phoenix. So Rondo provided the two superstars enough. 27-5-5 for Leonard, 33-7-3 for George. Just kind of what it does, you know? Can I make a comment about Paul George, who went 7-for-9 shooting threes that night? Um, is Paul George really trying to, like, quiet all the haters? Is he just showing up to play basketball and lately absolutely killing it? Because I'm not seeing no pandemic P. I'm not seeing no side of the backboard P. It's, it's been wild recently. Man... I want to see it in the playoffs. He's exactly. been a good regular season player. Maybe he's peaking at the right time, pushing it for the playoffs. So we'll see because he does have that Clippers team wedged right up against Phoenix for that second spot. It's crazy and, that Phoenix was on a seven-game win streak and then they got shut down that game. I had to mention that. Dude, yeah, we had been talking about it earlier that day. They were one of the hottest teams in the NBA. But... You know who else did uh, a good job against the Giannis Bucks? Our boy Luca, just casually twenty-seven nine and nine that night. Uh, Utah staying red hot to make you a little, uh, you know, more correct. They got to thirty-nine that night. Donovan dropping thirty-seven five and four. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you were always happy there. when the Jazz win. You know, I believed in them. They had, I mean, I wasn't expecting that Portland win. That was like the toss-up, but you know. They did follow it up and slap around the Kings after that. So it was all Oh, good. yeah. For that 40th win, man, they absolutely dummied the Kings. But we're getting ahead of ourselves there, man. Um, I want to talk about Zion Williamson absolutely dominating the 76ers. I mean, he had 37, 15, and 8. Wild, my friend. He did attempt a three-pointer that night, and sadly it did not go in. Poor guy. But, yeah. 15 for 28 shooting, that's the number of field goal attempts I want to see from you, my man. That's the kind of night that I'm hoping from Zion, and they came out with the W. Definitely, man. I mean, he dominated a team where you would think they are big inside presence. Embiid 14 and 9, and Simmons only 10 and 9 and 6. Like, they got bodied by the kid. If you think this Philly team has a chance to win, they've got to go this year because if Zion's around... I don't see them winning in the future. The future of the NBA is in very good hands. Matt, I, I read a weird stat that was ta- like, I, it was a weird line that was like Zion, uh, LaMelo, and I think it was Jaw are like, you know, the next face of the league. And can they compare to like LeBron, KD, and I forget the third name, but I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa can we stop this, please? Like, different generation, next, they're going to be different players. Like, as much as I love the comparisons, like, Zion is his own like creature with the things that he can pull off on the court so is luca 
so is Jaw, and I don't even know if I would throw Jaw up there with the two of those guys right now. Tatum's pretty hype, man. We've got some fire young players in the NBA, and that kid Kate Cunningham would look so good in a Raptors jersey. Again, though, getting ahead of myself. Because, Kevin, you were right. 40th win on Donovan Mitchell's 42 points. That make you feel nice, buddy? Oh, dude, it felt so good having that W happen. And, I mean, it is the Kings, right? You know, Fox put up 30 points, doing his best on a team that is not doing their best, for sure. But, yeah, I was pretty happy for the Utah Jazz that night. Dude, Darren Fox had a fire week this week. He's been having pretty good uh, month, even, like, dating back to March. He's he's a scorer, man, but he's always on the wrong end of it. That team just doesn't have enough past him and Raekwon Holmes. And Utah, just too much. Did you say Raekwon Holmes? Raekwon? That's gold. I think it's Rashawn. But Rashawn? <sighs> that was gold. I love it. I love Damn. you, man. Oh, too good. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Yeah. I'm so dumb. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, on, on, the, on the topic of Fox, though, I want to say that I think what's been really helping him is that Buddy Heald has been shooting good all season. Like, this game is a bad example. You know, he went four for 13 from three. So let's not, let's look over this one. But he has had a pretty good season. I'm pretty sure he's been back uh, on the starting lineup for them. You know, they've been letting Halliburton do his thing off the bench as that pretty star rookie who people still think might take LaMelo Ball. But I mean, let's, that's a conversation for another day, Matt. But yeah, these Kings. I don't see any positivity, unfortunately, besides them having some good players that hopefully they can keep down the line. Yeah, man. They got nothing. I mean, you did have some other pretty good performances that night. Steph Curry staying hot with the 38, but nothing really great on April 10th to talk about. I'm glad uh, Sacramento kind of put up a fight, but Utah's just too good right now. Again, man, I want to talk about Zion because Zion puts up another 38, 9-4 against Cleveland. The guy just doesn't stop i'm telling you he's coming for mvp next season i mean he's gonna get one in his career if there's not you know a ridiculous this that or the other thing standing in his way he's like that type of player in the same way that we'll say that luca will most likely get an mvp in his career zion too will most likely get one because they they just do things that other players can't on the court well man talk about luca because I'm glad to see my boy De- DeMar DeRozan out-duel him with 38-8-5, or 33-8-5, but, man, Luka had a pretty good game, Przingis had a pretty good game, like, I'm, I'm glad to see DeMar win, but those boys, those boys are coming for it. Shout out to DeMar, man, like, I was super happy to see him coming into town, I know I'm jumping ahead again, but, uh, I'm always glad to see him play up against the Raps, Matt. Gotta love me some DeMar, but you're right, man. Those boys are coming for Absolutely, buddy. And, you know, man, Boston beating Denver, like I mentioned earlier, forcing that Jamal Murray comeback too soon. Hate to see it. They blew him out, 105-87. It's a good win for a Boston team that has been figuring things out lately. I know a lot of Boston fans are, like, happy that they're coming back into it, you know, after they've had a weird season all around. Man, definitely on the rise. I mean, they could easily end up in the top four in the in the Eastern Conference, which is a pretty weak conference when you think about it. Scary, Matt, that we've returned to the East of old, maybe. Oh, un- 
unfortunately. Uh, well, again, man, I'm going to talk about a New Orleans team. You got... Is it Zion? Zion oh. dropping dropping bombs. He's dropping points. Nah, this was actually a Brandon Ingram night, my friend. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Zion did chip in with 30, but Brandon Ingram got the 34 on a night where De'Aaron Fox dropped 43, and he still can't get that win. 117, 110. Uh, gotta love it. The surprise of the night, though, because Monday night was lit, was Washington beating Donovan Mitchell? Westbrook in his triple-double against Donovan Mitchell's 42, and they win 125-121? Gotta get it. Right? Like, this was supposed to be my jazz. Congratulations. You made it to 40 wins. Meanwhile, Russell's like, nah, 25 points, 14 rebounds, 14 assists. This man went 8 for 15 and 9 from 11 from the free throw. Bruh. With a steal. Like, Russ doing Russ things. I mean, Beal had 34, putting up the numbers that he puts up. But, uh, yeah, a surprise win for Washington, to say the least. Yeah, but Utah is already at 40, man. They stopped them for 41. <laughs> I mean, they, they figured it out later in the week. You know? <laughs> so it's fine. No big deal. But uh, the Jazz are just coasting right now. They're just chilling, you know? Yeah, man. And, unfortunately... The game that caused Jamal Murray's injury, Golden State versus Denver. I mean, Curry dropped 53 points in that game. Just unreal. I mean, he's been he's been joking around to the media that he wants all those records back from Clay, right? Which is crazy because he talks about how, like, oh, man, I go out there and I have these, like, amazing quarters, amazing games where I'm like, oh, I couldn't have played that better. Only puts up 53. Pfft, only. Time will tell, Matt, if he can bypass Clay for some of these crazy scoring things that they've been up against each other for. Oh man, I'm I'm excited to see him try because these boys can bomb it from downtown. The last great game of that night was Philly uh Embiid really showing why he's the MVP candidate and Luca's not in a great game between two superstars. Uh I'll just leave it at that because the next night, man, we had Kevin Durant blowing out the Minnesota Timberwolves. I like Anthony Edwards' game, though, man. The guy's got 27-8-2 and a, a steal and a block. The kid's been coming to play as of late. You think he's going to take that Rookie of the Year crown? I mean, he's he's going for it. He definitely wants it. He's the last of the big three of that draft still standing, Matt. But I, I want to pivot for a second and talk about Kevin Durant because I came across a really funny stat that I want to share with you, Matt. So in Kevin Durant's NBA career, he has scored as of a couple days ago, 23,500 or so points, right? Mm-hmm. Did you know that he has tweeted 24,200 times? This man has more tweets than NBA points. Just want to share this fun fact with you. He got a lot of NBA points, brother. That's what I'm saying. That's why I was like, it's crazy. But, you know, those burners, you know, Katie loves talking and ripping on fans on the... Uh, on the tweeter, but I just had to share that because I thought it was so funny reading that stuff. Yeah, buddy. I mean, you also got Paul George. He's been playing hot as of late, like you said. I want to mention my boy Lou Dort that night with a career-high 42 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 steals. Kevin, we might have found Jamal Murray's replacement for that Team Canada. <laughs> that That is a very good point, my man. And can we just say that the Thunder are like the the poster child of tanking right now like Lou Dort, Shea, uh, Pokashevsky, um, 
the Omaladon. You know, I like the Omaladon. Like, mm-hmm. Even Darius Baisley's been playing well. Like, they have young talent, and they are losing games, but still winning moments and winning the hearts of their fans. Like, you know, hats off to this Thunder franchise who is so prepared for the future. Yeah, man. Especially when he's dropping 42 against the Jazz. Like, that's a very impressive game. Um, there was unreal games uh, with the, the Boston Celtics in Portland that night. Boston just edges out Portland in that one. Tatum, again, man, if this guy is feeling the lung effects, I want to see it because he's still dropping 32, 9, and 5. He's just, um, you know, having his inhaler quietly on the sides and you just never see it. But no, I, I understand, man. I, I agree with you. Tatum has been the shining star for the Celtics as they have moved their way back into the fifth place in the Eastern Conference. A lot of people were worried about Boston for a while, Matt. They Boston was sitting near us for a while, you know, at that 500 mark, and people were like, what's going on? But just like we haven't, you know, we've been going down, they've trended back up, and it's it's really happy to be a Boston fan, especially after a game like that when you pull out, you know, a win by one point against Portland and Dane? Boo, Boston sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I just have to say some nice things about them occasionally. Oh, man. Well, gotta say some nice things because always oh, say mean things. But a last Wednesday night before we get into Raptors chat, the last kind of night before we record, Brooklyn versus Philly. No Durant, no Griffith. No Harden, obviously no Lamarcus Aldridge. Philadelphia beats them 123-117. Um, Irving and Embiid go back and forth. Curry, Curry stays hot that night with 42-8-6. That guy's dragging them to the playoff race, man. And they want to do some damage if they can get maybe, maybe get Clay back. That's the scariest part of it, right? Like they don't know the ticking time bomb of Clay Thompson returning to the court. But yeah, Steph has been putting in work. And you said it earlier, Matt, when we were talking, like, they're going to make it. Even if it's just to the play-in tournament, they're going to make the playoffs. And, you know, as much as the top tier of the West is scary, Golden State is only this far removed from a dynasty with their arguably greatest talent in Steph Curry still there. They're a scary team I would never want to face in the playoffs, in all honesty. Yeah, man. Especially because they they were the ones who changed the league to what it is today to the three point lead to the to the giving up the easy easy layup to to the hard three like it's it's so hard to play them i wouldn't want to do it i mean we got through but injuries led us to our championship but matt is that it shall we move into raptors chat shall we talk about the boys man i've been waiting to talk about them boys because i really wanted cade and two and three is just purgatory man it's basically our season no it's such a good example Matt you hit it right on the noggin there Matt was a weird week of games though like weird things happening left and right we can start with that Bulls game where we just went down big like unfortunately Gary Trent had a a poor shooting night but Chris Boucher 38 points 19 rebounds dude and can I also just say nine of them were offensive he wasn't like animal that night him and Siakam were really carrying us. OG kind of picked it up a little bit late, but man, Boucher was in it from the start. That guy has been playing pretty well of late, man. But couldn't get that win. Not that I really the wanted Bulls, it. 
the Bulls had seven players in double digits, so like we really didn't deserve that win. But yeah, Matt, that was check mark one on our on our you know path to to glory of getting a loss. And then we followed it up on Saturday against the Cavs with a very dominant victory, one thirty five, one fifteen. Well, man, you mentioned <sighs> Gary Trent with the six points on the quiet night. The guy goes off for a career high forty four. Pretty wild. Love it. Two K makes him a. A Galaxy Opal card that I'm still chasing and I haven't been able to get. Ugh. But yeah, you gotta love watching him fit in comfortably with this team, you know. As much as he did have that one off shoot tonight, he has been a positive scorer for our team since the trade. And we needed it with the injuries, with the COVID, with Pascal sometimes doing what he does. So oh, I still love that trade, Matt. Oh, I'm all in on Gary Trent, man. He's already had two career highs and that three-point shot. It's been really nice to see. The crazy thing is, man, is like Flynn has a really good game with 22 and 11 that night. And they're the same age. Yeah. So you you think, oh, Flynn's got potential and Flynn's showing a flash of could he potentially be an all-star at 27? Gary Trent Jr. is going to be an all-star. I'm excited about that. that. And that's the thing, right? Like, I know I'm jumping ahead on the games, but Malachi has had some really good games the past few days. Like he's had some closing moments. He's part of the reason why we beat the Spurs last night. Yeah, man. But and he had a good game against the Hawks as well. Like twenty-two points in both uh both those games, I believe. Oh no, he had sixteen last night. Sorry. But he had twenty-two against the Hawks. Like he he was hitting threes when we needed them. And that was the points that mattered for us. And I've been really happy to see him get on the court, have his moments. You know, he's you see it, he's still a rookie. He still occasionally fumbles the ball and doesn't really know what he's supposed to be doing. But, you know, I'm glad to see him getting on the court and seeing the positive change after the time where he went down and spent in the G League, you know? Oh, 100%, man. And I would say that he's probably further along than Freddie was at that point in their careers. And and Freddie's turned into one heck of a player, even though we have been missing him as, as of late. He served that suspension, so Freddie should be back shortly. Matt, my favorite part is we've skipped over the wildest thing that happened in our games this week. Because against the Knicks on Sunday, the roof leaked. Were you watching this game, Matt? No, man. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch that that game this week. Oh, okay. So then I have the pleasure of telling this hilarious story. So it's like the middle of the game. The Raps have been going on a run. Like, we were down big, like, double digits against the Knicks. And then we're in the third period. We've brought the game back to single digits. Larry steps up to the free throw line. And all of a sudden, he's just like, whoa. And, and he's, he's pointing up and he's stopping. The whole game has to stop because there is, like, torrential downpour happening in New York. And there's a leak in Madison Square Garden of all places. And the water drop is coming right down onto the free throw line. The game had to be postponed for like 11 minutes, Matt. It was so funny. James Dolan, man. What a cheap, cheap man. <laughs> like, this guy's a multi-billionaire. Like, just fix your roof. What a, what a for, buffoon. For the first few minutes, they had a guy there with a mop just like, you know, sweeping it up. But then eventually they just put a big towel down and dipped. And we're like, no, nah, we're not doing this. It, in my mind, there was some intern or some young guy that had to like run up to the roof and just like stand there and hold towels on this like tiny patch of the ceiling for the rest of this game. That's just what I came up with. But it was so dumb, Matt. So dumb. <laughs> oh, man. What a, like I said it before, what a buffoon. But, man, 
our season is basically over at this point. I mean, 22 and 34, I'd prefer them to, to fall down than I would to, to make it into that play-in tournament. What about you? I mean, we got 16 games left on this season. I think it's officially tank time. Like, we're not going to. We're an organization that is, you know, priding ourselves in winning. We're two years removed from a championship. I know Nick Nurse. I know the boys. They want to make it into that play-in. They want to be an upset factor. And they still believe that they could go all the way, which is the right mentality to have in an organization that is competing. And unfortunately, Matt, we are not competing right now. Yeah. We just have too many players not playing on the right nights, and we're missing some of our key players in Kyle Lauer and Fred Van Vliet. And I just, I definitely think it's tank time. Not that I think that we'll do it. You're right. We've got that winning pedigree. But, oh man, I'd love to see us get a high lottery pick to add to this to this squad because that's what's going to push us over the edge in about three years. When he's an elite level player and you've got OG, you've got Gary Trent, you've got Malachi Flynn, and maybe you get some pieces for Siakam and Freddie. Or you I have one it. of them being the Kyle Lowry of that young squad. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of potential options that we can go in the future. You know, do do we we talked about it last week, Matt? I asked you this question. Do you think that Fred and Siakam could be the two main pieces to lead us to a championship? And you didn't think so. I certainly at this point unfortunately don't think so but time will tell uh i really did like the addition of kem birch though i want to say i think he's been playing really well he's a hustler he's got that um ronde hustle or ronde hustle jefferson type vibes in my mind and he can shoot threes as a big and he he gets those boards so positive addition to the wraps there oh man definitely a positive addition gotta love to see another uh canadian kid getting on the squad because he's from Montreal, Quebec, just like Boucher is. Gotta love it. His his dream was to play for the Toronto Raptors when he was a kid. So, hey, you know, just another Canadian kid getting to fulfill their dream. So that's, I'm super happy. I hope he stays potentially and could be a center because obviously Baines is, oh, Baines. And we already, we already kicked Alex Len to the curb forever ago. Uh, there was also, Matt, the addition of Freddie Giuseppe. Uh, I haven't really gotten to see him play very much in the time that I've watched them, so I don't really have an opinion on him yet, but I haven't heard negative things, so that's a positive, I guess. Yeah, man, that's a, that's a good positive. He's coming over from Memphis. He's probably going to learn the system. Uh, I haven't seen him much play. I don't have much of an opinion on him yet, but you know Masai, always trying to add fringe pieces that could you know, boom out. He did it with Siakam. He did it with Freddie. I think OG is really stepping into his own a little bit more this season. DeMar came out and was talking about him after that Spurs game, about how he's developed, how he was stiff as a cardboard. Um, now he's got a little bit more flair to his game, and DeMar is being proud of that. And I'd love to see a DeMar reunion. I mean, that, that would be pretty crazy, but I want to flip back to OG real quick because man came out swinging last night in that game. He, he They started OG at the two guard. And he was shooting. He was putting up. I think he had 12 points in the first quarter. Like, OG was having a good time. But Matt DeRozan returning to the Raptors? Like, he is a free agent. Yeah, man. He took a little cheap little deal. Maybe lead us to another championship. You know, him and Kyle Lowry back together. 
The boys were smiling at each other. I'd like to see it. Oh, there was a good little moment that was like DeRozan and Kyle and Fred and Pascal. They were all chilling and chatting. But it would be really interesting to have Demar be the the star that comes to us summer 2022 or 2021, I guess, is this point. That would be, oh, man. You've got my, like, gears turning now and, like, trying to think of how our system would work with Demar back in it. Ooh, buddy. Well, we'll have to save it for next week. We'll talk about it then. You want to wrap us out? Or we want to do hot takes and missed predictions? Yeah, I can't miss an opportunity to have you make a fool of yourself again. So, uh, Matt, tell me all about your prediction this week. Dude, I'm going a little bit safer this week. I'm staying away from the Toronto Raptors and trying to curse them into some losses. Um, I'm going to say Phoenix is going to get the win over Sacramento tonight. And they're going to have a 2-2 two and two week, though. So the one win tonight, and then they're going to go one and two the rest of the way. I like it. I like it, Matt. Smart. Stay away from the Raps because you have not been working well with them. I'm going to have something to do with Dallas this week because, you know, Luka's been coming out, Mark Cuban's been coming out, talking about how they think the play-in tournament is ridiculous. It's dumb. It shouldn't be a thing. So I'm going to say that they're not going to be in that tournament because they are going to work hard enough to get themselves into that sixth seed and just ever so make it so they can get beat by whoever is in the uh, third seed. But uh, time will tell, right? Yeah, man. I mean, 16 games left. They're only one game back of Portland. Anything could happen. And I do not put it past Luca. They're also, you know, three and four games back respectively from the Lakers who are still missing their stars and the Nuggets who are going to be missing their main star. So the bottom of that table in the West is starting to open up if, if, you know, a team wants to sneak into that four or five spot, potentially. Fair point. Fair point. I right, Kev. You can wrap us up. Beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. You can check out more from us at theboardsports.net. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. This podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Follow us for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.